G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. You need the church, and the church needs you. Have you unplugged from church? Pastor Greg Laurie says, don't unplug from your source of encouragement and support. You know, some will say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't love Christians. Listen, how can you love God who you can't see when you can't love His people who you can't see? Now, if you love Jesus, you will love His people. You need to be in the church. This is the day when the lost are found. sign outside a church that says, does your life stink? Well, we have a pew for you. Well, that's a valuable point. If life has fallen apart, why not plug into the support system designed by Jesus himself? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how important it is to be part of an alive, supportive group of believers. If we don't really feel like being a part, we'll see it's a warning sign that we actually need to be part of the church. Good insights coming your way today. Okay, quick poll. How many of you are Christians? Raise your hand if you're a Christian. Okay, it looks like most of you. How many of you now are growing Christians? You're a growing Christian. I hope all of you still raise your hand because if you are not growing as a Christian, if you are not advancing in your faith, that will begin the process of you going backwards. Because the Christian life is one of advancing or retreating. It's a life of getting stronger or getting weaker. I read a story in the paper a while back about a, a trainer, a person who helps other people get into shape, and this guy was super buff and you know amazing uh, physique and all that. And so he worked with a lot of clients that were very overweight. And it was hard for him to relate to excessively overweight people because this guy didn't have an ounce of fat on him. So he decided as an experiment he was going to go and gain 70 pounds to see what it was like to be an overweight person. So he went on this crazy diet. He intentionally ate only fattening food. He stopped exercising altogether. So he was eating corn dogs and donuts. And for breakfast he had Captain Crunch cereal. For snacks he had banana bread. For dinner chicken Alfredo pasta and so forth. And he said at first it was exhilarating to eat this way. It was just, he loved it. And there was no discernible difference. His physique remained even though he wasn't exercising. Even though he was eating the wrong foods. But then reality kicked in. He said the first thing to go were his abs, then the rest. 
Uh, soon he was craving the bad food and he was wondering if he could ever get that weight off. His blood pressure went up. He was tired all the time. He grew lethargic and depressed. And I think he eventually did lose that weight. I'm not sure. But uh, to me this is a perfect picture of the slow but certain process of backsliding. You know you don't backslide overnight. You don't call up your Christian friend and say, hey dude, want to backslide tomorrow night? You know. <laughs> There might be some idiot that's done that, but generally it doesn't happen. It's a process. It's a slow but sure process where I stop doing that which will help me and I start doing that which will hurt me, just like this trainer did. And then you start finding that this world is becoming more appealing to you and the things of God are becoming less appealing to you. So you have to ask yourself the question, am I going to be a growing Christian or am I going to go backward? If you go backward, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Proverbs 14, 14 says, the backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. So whatever path you choose, you'll be filled with that fruit, right? Uh, the Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. And if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. So this series is how we can be growing Christians. It's called What Every Growing Christian Needs to Know. Let's review what we've already seen together. Number one, if you want to be a growing Christian, a successful believer, you must read, study, and love the Word of God. Let me repeat that again. You must read, study, and love the Word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. Then you will have good success. Listen to this. A Bible that is falling apart is an indication of a life that isn't. Number two, we discovered that if you want to be a successful and growing Christian, you must have a prayer life. The Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing, for this is God's will uh, in Christ concerning us. And principle number three, and this is what we're going to focus on in this message, to be a successful and growing Christian, you need to be actively involved in the church. If you want to be a growing Christian, you have to be actively involved in the church. Now some say, well, I don't need church to get close to God. You know, I feel close to God when I'm golfing or when I'm surfing or when I'm hiking and I'll read a couple of verses and I'll say a little prayer and, and that's my church. I, I believe in the cathedral of nature, you know, and I don't need to go into some building with people in an organized kind of a way. But actually you're really missing the point here. Now, I encourage you when you're out golfing or hiking or surfing to pray. You that are surfing especially pray if a great white is approaching. <laughs> I did hear about a guy who was out surfing and, and a great white was approaching, closing in for the kill. So this guy couldn't get to shore. He knew he was dead. So he prayed as any clear thinking person would. And he said, oh God, help me. God save me. At least I pray, Lord, that it's a Christian shark. <laughs> Are there Christian sharks? <laughs> Meanwhile, the sh shark is closing in. He's getting ready to bite this guy. And the shark says, Lord, for this meal that I'm about to receive, I give you thanks. That's a true story. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so pray when you're out and about. 
But don't miss this point. You need to be in the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean a building per se, but you need to be in a regular place where God's people are gathering together for worship, teaching, and all the other wonderful things that the church does. You need the church, and the church needs you. And the Bible actually commands us to be a part of the church, to be a functioning part of the church. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let's consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but rather exhorting one another and so much more as the day of the Lord is approaching. A more modern translation puts that verse this way. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. You know, some will say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't love Christians. Listen, how can you love God who you can't see when you can't love his people who you can't see? Now, if you love Jesus, you will love his people. In fact, we're told in 1 John 3, 14, we know that we pass from death to life because we love our brothers. And anyone who does not remains in death. So God gives us a love for the people that are part of the church. And frankly, not going to church is proof something is wrong with you spiritually. Because 1 John 2.19 says these people left our churches because they never really belonged with us. Otherwise they would have stayed with us. When they left us they proved they don't belong with us. You see? So when you leave and never come back then that just shows there's something wrong with you in your spiritual life. The closer you are to God, the closer you'll want to be with His people. The further you are from God, the further you will want to distance yourself from his people. So here's kind of a way to uh, measure your life up right now. Uh, what do you look forward to more? Being at church with fellow brothers and sisters or hanging out with a bunch of non-believers? You know, if you find yourself uncomfortable with the Christians and whether maybe there's something wrong with you spiritually, you see? So every Christian should be a part of the church. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And today he's pointing out just how important it is for believers to be part of a local body of believers. It's a message called Why You Need the Church and the Church Needs You. Church is not a movie theater. Church is a family. Church is a gathering of the people of God. And sometimes people will sort of have a consumer mentality when it comes to church. Well, you know, I really like the children's program over here, but I really love the worship at this other church. The teaching in this one is good. The worship's kind of weak. But I really love the facilities over here. And, and so we sort of pick and choose our churches according to our tastes or our likes or our dislikes. Here's a little news flash for you. The church is not all about you. <laughs> And when we figure that out, church is going to be a whole lot better for us. When we stop walking in saying, what are you going to do for me? How are you going to serve me? There's a place for that. And we are here to serve you. But you'll know that you're entering into a state of spiritual maturity when you come in saying, I don't want to be the person who served. I want to be the person who serves. 
I want to be one of the people who helps. Listen, when you go to church, come to church, I should say, and when you pull into our parking lot, especially in this hot weather we've been having, you see someone standing out there in the blazing sun. That's not their job. They're a volunteer. They're doing that because they've chosen to do that. And then when you see people come forward and make a commitment to Christ and you see those counselors waiting for them. These are just folks from our church who have volunteered their time. These are people that have simply discovered the joy of serving. And I want you all to discover that. I want you all to discover that and here's why. Because it will make your whole church experience so much richer and deeper. Why does the church exist? The church exists for Three reasons. The glorification of God, the edification of the saints, and the evangelization of the world. Again, the church is here for the glorification of God. We're here to bring honor and glory to the Lord as a church and as individuals. For the edification of the saints, we're here to build up one another, encourage one another. And then finally, we're here for the evangelization of the world. Here's a simpler way to remember it. Upward, inward, outward. See, so we want to be a part of that. You need the church and the church needs you. The church is an oasis of hope and a desert of hopelessness. I'll tell you, when the Lord called our son Christopher home to heaven seven years ago, it happened on a Thursday. And to say we were devastated is the understatement of the century. I mean, how do you process something like this? You never prepare for it mentally or in any other way. And, and as we went through that horrible process of the initial shock and the rest, you know, the weekend came and it was Sunday. And, and so we thought, well, what are we going to do? Well, what else are we going to do? We're going to church. I asked a friend to speak for me that day. And there wasn't any place I wanted to be but church. People said to us, oh, you're so strong in your faith to be at church. We were so surprised to see you at church this Sunday after your son died. So strong. What are you talking about? I was there because I was so weak. Because I need the church. I need the Word of God. I need to worship the Lord. I'm not someone that's above that just because I preach or teach. On that day, I was a grieving father missing his son. And I needed a biblical perspective. And I needed to bring honor to the Lord. So we all need it. I mean, think about the role the church has probably played in your life over the years. When a loved one died, perhaps a grandparent, a spouse, even a child, where did you turn? You probably turned to the church. The hospital tried to do what they could do, but pretty much they want their bed free and make sure you pay your bills. Uh, the funeral home uh, will offer their condolences and of course give you the bill for their services as well. But where did you find help? You probably found it at church. When your spouse walked out on you, blindsided you, you didn't know what to do, where did you find help? Probably at the church with your Christian friends. What about when you were having problems with your kids? Where did you seek help? Probably down at the church. And you probably thank God for that youth pastor that took an interest in your child. Hey, remember when you desperately needed direction in life? Where did you find it? Perhaps sitting in church, hearing a message, and God just started to speak directly to you? Where did you find your mate? Oh, I think there's a good chance you found them at church. And if you didn't, this is the best place to look. <laughs> That's why I always say, how many of you are single? And I'll do it again, because I 
love to embarrass single people. It's really one of my joys in life. <laughs> I like to try to be matchmaker. My wife tells me to stop it, but you know, I've been successful two times. <laughs> and these people have been married for like over 25 years. And so I love to put single people in awkward situations. I did this recently. I saw two single people and they were just talking. They didn't really know each other. And I said, you guys have met, right? Yeah. I said, you should take her out on a date and I'll pay for it. Now they're under pressure. <laughs> it usually doesn't work. But look, here's my point. What better place to meet that girl, that guy, than in the church? Amen. You know, I met my wife at church and I actually saw her for the first time when I was preaching. Now don't get the wrong idea. I'm, I'm not scoping chicks while I'm preaching. <laughs> Certainly not now, but even then I wasn't. But I did notice her. She had a little halo over her head, you know. She, she was there with her two sisters and so we went out for coffee afterwards and, and then we went out for coffee again and you know, going out after church and get dessert, whatever. And, and then after a couple times I said, let's go out again. And she said, let me get my sisters. I said, don't so much want the sisters. <laughs> then she started getting the idea that I was interested in her. But this is the place to do it. It's Pastor Greg Laurie with some great insights on the church and how we all need to be part of a local body of believers for so many reasons. Well, Pastor Greg will have more tomorrow, but before we go today, he has one final comment from today's study. It's been said people go to church three times in their life, when they're hatched, when they're matched, and when they're dispatched. <laughs> the first time they throw water, the second time they throw rice, the third time they throw dirt. That's that. Because you know what? Let the church be a part of your life. There's even some physical benefits, I have to tell you. I read an interesting article a while back from Time Magazine. The title was Benefits of Faith and the Church. And some of their observations included the following. Heart surgery patients who draw comfort from their religious faith have a significantly higher survival rate than those that do not. They also noted that blood pressure of people who attend church is much lower than those who don't. Isn't that interesting? Thirdly, people with faith who attend church on a regular basis experience less depression than non-church attenders. How about this one? Suicide is four times higher among non-church goers than church goers. So be a part of the church. It's good for your health, both physically and spiritually. If you'd like a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called, Why You Need the Church and the Church Needs You. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.